Hello and welcome to ASMR Tirar de Huello. Are you hoping to calm your mind, relax your body, or experience ASMR? Dr. Andrew Michaels is here to help you. Today, we want to make sure you know how much we appreciate you. Thank you for listening and being a part of our podcast family. If you enjoy what we do, please take a moment to share your favorite episode with someone. It really does help our podcast grow. Okay. Come on in. What? are we going to do with you today? Now, don't get worried. Don't get upset. But I just found out you've been through so much this last month. How can I not address it? Are you all right? Okay. Is everyone in your family okay? All right. Well, that's a good start. You still look very stressed out, and I'm worried about you. I am. I know. I don't want you to worry. We're going to do a very special massage today. Mm-hmm. Now. This one's a little different than you're used to. I'm always doing something different, all right? Hmm? Yeah. Instead of just taking these latex gloves and oiling them up and running them all over your body, I have this special tool. I want you to see it, so you don't, it's what you do, you show everybody so they're not afraid of it. It's rough. What we're going to do is, we're going to use the textures on this brush, on your skin. Feel that? doesn't get any harsher than that. All right? But the idea is to exfoliate your skin and loosen all of that dead skin up all over on your body. And then we can deal with it. Okay? Would you like that? All right. We'll slough off all of that loose, dry, rough skin, and that'll allow new skin growth smooth out all the edges on your skin. And then you'll have a much 
much healthier body. A lot better breathing for your skin. Mm-hmm. And allow the skin to remove any wastes that it needs to. You know, the body has to sweat. You know? sounds rough. That's not that bad, is it? No. Did you like that? Did you like last week's special? massage lesson I your dear friend Dr. Andrew Michaels who is always here to help you I had to calm my tight ass down <laughs> sit down in a chair and allow myself to get a neck and shoulder massage and I got a lot of good feedback on it because people were like, it's about time you calm down and relax for five minutes. You look like you're falling apart. <laughs> That's fine. You know what? I love you guys. You guys are awesome. You can beat me up all you want. That's what it's here for, you know? You, it's a two-way street, you know? If you are having a bad time, and you need help, and you're, you know, stressed out, you need to calm down, you need somebody to talk to, you know, yeah, of course it gets to me, sometimes I need a friend, or I need someone to talk to, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, I, I don't think of myself as a life coach, but in a way I am, I mean, I don't think I advice all the time, and I know that not everybody's going to agree with me. Here's the problem. Today, in society today, you can't voice your opinion and just put it out there. Because no matter what you say, okay, there's ten people in the room. Okay, I'm one of the ten, and I voice my opinion, and another person voices their opinion, so you have two opinions. Automatically, 50% of the room <laughs> disagrees with you vehemently vehemently violently angrily um, no no clutch no clutch they disagree with you you know they're gonna put it right out there you know no holding back and uh, that's fine you know but it really stifles the idea of, maybe not the idea, but the conception, the uh, formulation, the uh, start of good ideas. You know, when you, when you disagree with somebody so, you, you put emotion into your disagreement when you're talking to somebody. Somebody voices an opinion and you immediately 
get angry. You're limiting what you can take in from that person going forward because there's the old saying, never argue with an angry man. You can't reason with an angry man. And I may not be saying it right, but I'm trying to say it very simply. And I'm sure people would argue with that too. What do you mean you can't argue with me because I'm angry? Just because I'm, just because I'm, you know, passionate about it. What does that mean? See, you can't even argue. <laughs> you have to have an argument to have an argument about the argument today. <laughs> it's almost like a Monty Python sketch. Sketch. I, I, what, what's this? I came here for an argument. Oh, that's down the hall. This is insults. <laughs> but, you know, you, you can't even have a dialogue anymore without first arguing with someone over the stupidest things. And it there's some basic things that we argue about in society, and I'm, I'm going to talk just about in the United States of America. So I know a lot of people listen to my uh, massage therapy videos and um, podcasts all over the world. But right now I'm basically talking about my own house because, you know, I think it's only fair to talk about your own house. I don't know how people do discourse in other countries, except what my friends have told me. But one thing I have noticed is you can bring up a lot of stuff in other countries amongst mixed crowds, and it doesn't seem to evoke the same amount of vitriol and anger that it does in the United States. People are so polarized in the United States right now due to political pressure that um, and it's it's gotten to the point where we can't even have a dialogue it's just too much name calling too much anger too much vitriol and and when i use that word i really mean it it's it's wasted energy it's pathetic negative hateful racist bigotry and misogynistic and really slanderous things coming out of people. It's reached the point where people have almost gotten to the point politically where it's not good enough to just insult your opponent. You have to take it to the level of slander or um, libel and use very harsh language and harsh terms and they justify it by saying you know I'm speaking the truth this is the truth that they just don't want you to know they <laughs> I love that is that the new keyword they they are out there they are out there preventing you from knowing what the truth really is and that's the part I wanted to touch on today who is this they because these conspiracy theorists are so camped up in their own BS. You know, BS is bull crap. 
bull. S-H-I-T, I don't feel like swearing today. That they build these complex, massive conspiracies of hundreds of hundreds of hundreds of thousands of people would have to keep the secret. Now, just in case you haven't been watching the news, you can't sleep with somebody <clears throat> and it doesn't hit the main front page of every news source in the world. The world. So, you're telling me that, you know, you can't do something like that, but they can keep these other secrets completely covered up. You know, no evidence sneaking out. You know, like the moon landings, for instance. Let's just focus on that one, because that's a, that's a fun one. You know, the moon landings didn't happen, and it's this huge conspiracy. Boy, your skin is really dry right here. I'm going to work on that. Yeah. And, okay, so we didn't go to the moon. Okay. And we covered, we faked it. We totally faked it. Okay. All right. I'll give you all that. How did they keep it a secret? Not just from the hundreds of thousands <laughs> of people in the United States alone that would at minimum have to keep it secret, but also the thousands and thousands of people in China, England, Israel, Russia that would have to keep it quiet as well, you know, because they monitored the U.S. space program. And they went right along with the conspiracy. So now your conspiracy is global. It's not the United States faked the moon landing. That's not possible. It's just not possible. The only way the moon landing could be faked is if the entire world's intellectuals and governments, all of them, like I'm talking all of the governments of the world, you know, from all the diverse ones, Cuba, you know, at the time of the moon landings, Cuba had a little rub with us, and so did the Soviet Union. Now, it's not too far of a stretch to say they had a little bit of a problem with us, and China, and all these other countries. And they all were building these, these different countries were building these intercontinental ballistic missile programs to compete with the United States. And the you know the Soviet Union at the time was very successful with their moon their their own space program, and the Chinese had rockets and all these other countries and England was shooting rockets in outer space, and it just goes on and on and on, and all of these countries, all of them, and all the scientists and all the newspapers and all the intellectuals had to go along with this conspiracy so you're talking like okay literally even back then you're talking literally millions of people every astronaut's wife child mother son had to keep this secret and you know bedroom talk is bedroom talk so okay so everybody had to keep it quiet no leaks you know nobody talks Everybody's getting paid off. Everybody's on the on the hook financially. It, it it breaks down after a while. That was the that's the point of it all. After a while, it 
breaks down. <laughs> you know, and then it's like, well, they covered up the Kennedy assassination. That wasn't hard. So the moon landing would be easy to cover up. Okay, let's stop right there. Okay, the Russians were the first ones to get blamed for Kennedy's assassination. The, the Soviet Union, everybody thought for 10 seconds that maybe it was a political assassination because of what was going on in world politics. So immediately the Russians are denying it, and they've got to prove they didn't do it. So let's, let's just take that for instance. How many thousands upon thousands upon millions upon millions of people at this point, 70-odd years later, 67 years later, would have to keep silent for these conspiracies to hold water. And the reason I bring all this up is now they have these new ones, all these new wild, fun conspiracies that popped up on the age of the Internet to frighten and scare people back into the Stone Age. You know, getting you to believe whatever they want you to believe. Uh, do you like this exfoliation? I like it. I really enjoy it. It feels good. Yeah. I do. I like it. It's a little rough, you know. But we're getting we're getting your skin really smoothed out. Yeah. Uh, lost track of where I was at. Okay, so let's let's talk about that. Why do people do this? I honestly think and this is gonna sound so ridiculous. I actually think <clears throat> that there's some jerk and he's sitting in a room and nobody pays attention to him and he's a lonely, selfish, egotistical little B-A-S-T-A-R-D and nobody loves him and nobody wants to, you know, be his girlfriend or I don't know what his problem is. He's just a loser and he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room and which is easy when you're the only guy in the room and he thinks up these conspiracy theories because he's going to get even with uh, like Susie Smith who in third grade uh, he walked up to her with a dandelion and she turned him down and broke his wee little heart and he never got over it so he's going to punish all the Susie Smiths out there in the world and all their boyfriends by coming up with these stupid conspiracies to wreck modern life. You know, because nobody can be happy unless everybody's pissed off. <laughs> to be quite honest. Do you ever feel that way? Like, pe there's people out there who just cannot be happy unless everybody else is miserable just like them and I think that's where I'd say 95% to 99% of these conspiracy theories come from just ungrateful selfish ignorant people who are too rude or selfish or stupid to make a friend instead of an enemy out of life and it's easier for them to just be a total, uh, I think a good word would be tool, T-O-O-L, and just ruin everything around them. 
so they could sit down in their room at night alone in the dark and go, ha, 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 ha. And that's, I really do believe that's the only reason they do some of the things they do. So, and you might say, why are we even talking about this, Dr. Andrew Michaels? Why do you even care what other people think? You know, it's harmless. And you know what? It's not harmless. I have seen so many families that are ruined from conspiracies. You know, every holiday, you have to watch what you say. You know, you have to keep your mouth shut. And I'm serious. And I'm talking about myself. And if you don't want to hear it, turn it off right now. I won't go into specifics, but I want to tell you how I feel. And, you know, if and I want you to believe me that I'm not talking about you or someone else. Okay? I'm talking about myself. Let me rub this right here. You like that right there? Okay. Now, every holiday, every freaking holiday, if we have company over, I have to watch everything I say. You got to watch what you watch on TV. You have to pick neutral or, you know, uh, easy watchable TV shows, you, you can't click on this, you can't click on that, oh, you clicked on the wrong TV show, oh, you set them off, here we go, so you can't watch that, can't watch this, can't talk about that, can't talk about this, you gotta, you know, you gotta watch what you put on the news, you can't even, oh, don't even go on the news, I'm gonna tell you something, if I have company at my house, the one thing we do not ever put on the TV is news, and if we're in the car, Put it on satellite radio on a music channel where there's no news because I don't want to hear it. I just don't want to hear it. And it doesn't even matter if they agree with me. I don't want to hear it. It's a freaking holiday. It's a family get together. I want us to have fun. You know, I don't want it to be like that. And I bet you feel the same way too. And you got to watch what you talk about, what kind of subjects you bring up. You know, it's just, it's a minefield. And we've, and this is with family. This is with family and friends. This is with the closest people that love you the most. This is how invasive this baloney, this political divide has infiltrated our society. This is what propaganda, mm-hmm propaganda, win at all cost, um, damn the torpedoes, politics does to a society. And if you don't believe me, look around. You can't even talk about anything at the dinner table. And if you do, you have to, like, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to lie. I want to tell you my own personal experience. We're not talking about anybody else. And I haven't veered off that. Sitting at Easter dinner, I bring something up and I go, now listen, just stop. Let me say the whole thing. Then you'll know where I'm coming from. I'm trying to tell a funny story. Okay. For me to tell a funny story at my own dinner table at Easter with my 
own family there. And I'm not going to say who's there and who isn't there. But it's a good mixed crowd of different ages and um, political affiliations, everything else. So we're not all one thing or the other. We're all varied people sitting around the table, which is wonderful that we could still actually sit in the same room together. That's how bad things have been getting with everything. So that's a that's a success story right there that, that all of us sitting around the table are so varied on opinions, age, you know, position in life, everything else, but we're still together. Okay. So that's, that's a plus and that's a success. Okay. I'm going to tell a funny joke or a, a satirical little funny story. Okay. No big deal. I have to preface it. I have to get everybody now. Just wait. Let me finish what I'm going to say. Then we are all on the same wavelength. Okay. I have to tell the, the concise story and not mislead anybody. I can't put little jabs in there. I can't put any little political little, you know, nitpicking in there. It has to be a neutral thing. But for me to tell it, I have to at first preface it with like this preamble of neutrality and love. I'm just trying to tell a funny little story at dinner. And it still ends up sliding into politics and family discussion that is not healthy. And I sat there and was like, that didn't take long to degenerate into something where we had to literally say, Oop, we're not talking about that. And we had to drop the conversation. We just got to stop talking about it because we can't talk anymore. We can't. And it's, I don't think it's just my family or the people that I know. I think it's everyone. You bring up a completely non-political, non-religious, non-anything um, little an anecdote, you know, to you know, be a funny story to talk about at dinner. And it degenerates in a matter of five to ten or maybe even fifteen at the most lines of dialogue back and forth between the table into whoop whoop can't go there gotta stop and I just sit there and it breaks my heart it really absolutely breaks my heart and I work at it like I really really watch what I say what I talk about what I do what I watch on TV when I have company in my house because I don't want to offend and I don't want to pick a fight and I don't want people to think I'm baiting them or teasing them or, you know, instigating it, you know, like I'm doing it on purpose. Sometimes I think people think I do that on purpose in my video work and my massage videos, my massage podcasts, but I really don't. What I'm trying to do is promote the idea of thinking, listening, opening your mind up to ideas, but just opening up yourself to dialogue, getting you to think about things and talk, talk, listen, just 
Give the other side a chance to dialogue with you. Give people that are different a chance to be heard. And then realize, it's not so bad. What do we even, why do we argue about this stuff? Why are we even, why are we even talking about this, huh? This is no big deal. And when you realize something is not a big deal and you demystify it and you um, take the mystery out of something or you get people to see each other as human beings, when you, when you accomplish that, when you accomplish that, that these people are human beings just like you, just like me, you've really accomplished something. And it can really go a long way to take some of the anger and the frustration and this vitriol that I've been talking about out, this divide out of our lives. But because I want to have a peaceful, quiet, calm holiday weekend, I, in my own house, have to be careful what I say and do. And I realize we've already lost. When it reaches that point, well, there's two ways to look at it. I'm a good host. I love my family. And my biggest desire is that everybody had a good time. They had good food. They got treats, presents. You know, just be honest. I'm talking about this last weekend, it was Easter and all of, all the people involved that I'm talking about are adults, no kids. But I'm still making sure everybody got presents, treats, things to take home. Uh, you know, food, good food, fun, fun movies, TV shows. And I think I was 70-30 successful in my own home where I had literally complete control over every every aspect. I think I almost blew it three times out of ten. If you took ten moments, random moments, I was about 70% successful, and I was really trying hard. You know, I was watching everything I said and did. And a lot of people might say, well, why would you even do that? Or why do you put yourself through that? Because I love my family. And I don't want that memory to be bad. I really don't. My past Christmas was, we had a rough situation in our last Christmas. We had some deaths of family and friends the year before. It's been kind of hard. Uh, there's been some really rough patches over the last couple years for us as a family and more than a few rough patches. And, you know, I had a situation in Thanksgiving. I had a situation at Christmas. I didn't even want a birthday party. That was out in January. That's my birthday. Well, here we are. I, I think I did okay around Valentine's Day. And here we are, Easter. And I was like, let's just get this right. Let's just get back on the path of everybody not trying to kill each other in in a holiday. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. And if you think my family's messed up, I think mine's way better than most I've heard about. I'd say we're in the middle. You know, we're not great, but we're not horrible. And why am I even 
telling you all this because I think if you know, if people are honest and they kind of open up the door and show you what they're going through, maybe your own problems won't look so bad. Or you could say, wow, I thought I was the only one that had those problems. This guy has the exact same problems I have. Oh my God. And it might actually help someone. Once again, it's about allowing yourself to be heard, listening, and hearing what other people are experiencing, what they're going through, and start to get an idea like, you know, sounds like it was pretty rough for him the last couple of years. And in some ways it was, and in other ways I had the best couple of years of my life. I met a lot of new people, I feel I did a lot of good in the world, and I feel like I really helped a lot of people. I really kind of, I tried. I tried really hard, and I don't know if I'm doing anything to help, but I'm trying, you know? And that means something to me. I got a compliment the other day from somebody that said they they heard what I said about something, and, you know, it helped them, and it helped them in a low point in their life, and that meant something to me that I actually, you know, I helped someone, and maybe I made a hundred people angry, but I helped one person that probably needed it a lot more than those other hundred need to worry about. And uh, maybe if you're angry over words, over silly words, over silly ideas, maybe you should reevaluate your reevaluate your own life. In your own purpose and your own uh, beliefs, and uh, key word here: beliefs. If if you have a belief that's so powerful that it's ruining friendships and families and holidays, and, you know, it's overtaking your life, and you, people can't even talk to you anymore. Maybe you should evaluate your own beliefs and your own ideas and your own thoughts. And see, like, wow, is this really worth it? <laughs> I know. Yeah, like, that's going to happen. Everybody's just going to magically start getting along. Well, you know what? I tried to get along. And I worked really hard at it. And it meant something to me. That meant so much to me that I busted my butt to try to make a good situation. And I said that I did relatively good, 70-30, you know. So I have work to do, but I think I really did well. And I don't think I... Uh, I don't think I shirked my responsibilities of, as a head of a family or head of a home people come to your home, they should feel welcome, they should feel loved, they should feel cherished, and they should feel welcome. And you can say whatever you want, but all those things, most of all, people felt respected and welcomed at my home. And that is a success, whether or not I was perfect, and I'm the best host of the, with the most... <laughs> I think I did a hell of a job, and it was a lot of work, but 
the end of the day, it does matter. It mattered to me. And I think that's something else we've forgotten. We've forgotten how to put others' needs in front of our own and realize that, you know, we've got to work at it. We've got to work at It's hard work being nice. It's hard work being kind. It's easier to be mean, standoffish, uh, isolationist, cut people off, um, ignore the problem, put a band-aid on it. You could say I was doing some avoidance by trying to be careful about, you know, what screening everything and censoring everything. But the idea was I didn't want to, it's a holiday and it was about being in the now. It was not about picking ground to pick a fight or to plant the seed of hurting someone over politics or religion or any other stupid thing the human beings fight over. At the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with being nice. There really isn't. And you know what? I'm glad because it's over. It's the past now and I'm done with it. And I can go back to working with people like you and showcasing these fanciful, fun fantasy massages to help you relax, to help you find comfort, to help you sleep, and to bring you joy and comfort. And that's what really matters. I know we were all over to the place today, but there's a reason for that. I wanted to get you to think, but not offend. And you know, it's so hard. When you find out somebody like me who is quite possibly at the climax of their life in the top of their game, in the top of their field, and in their professional life, and they still struggle with the fact that I don't want to be a they. Well, you know how they are. You know how they are. I don't want to be a they. I want to be a welcoming, open person you can talk to. And you could say, well, you can say whatever you want about that guy. But you're always welcome at his house. And you're always welcome at his table. And we went there and we had a good time. And like I said, sometimes I fail. But I've worked very hard to prevent that from happening. And it means a lot to me that I think I did pretty good this weekend. And I know my little girl was happy, my daughter. And her and my daughter was there with her boyfriend. <laughs> yes, my daughter has a serious boyfriend. He's a really nice guy. And they both left very happy. So I'm happy. My little girl is happy. So that's what matters. Well, I think I've exfoliated your skin enough today. <clears throat> and I think it's time for you to get up. You're going to need to take a nice shower and wash all of that off. Okay? So we have towels and soap. And yes. And uh, there's a washcloth. And uh, you'll have all the privacy you need. 
I'll lock the door, the doorknob on the way out, so that you are, you know, feel comfortable. And there's a robe for you right here. After I leave, you can uh, use it to get to the bathroom. Uh, and when you're done, take all the time you need. I'll leave a nice pitcher of lemon water on the counter. Just go ahead and have a sip of water. Listen to the white noise music and relax. And when you're done, come on out to the counter and uh, we'll set up your next appointment. Does that sound good? All right, great. Well, until I see you again, please have a most blessed day. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tirar de Huel. Please take a moment to share, rate, and review this podcast. It really does help. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash The theme song, Atlantis, is by Jason Shaw of Audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tirardehuel at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels, thank you.